1: What up, TCK Podders? I'm your host Scott Guasco, joined always by my man Lucas Kaser, and you are tuned into the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Candlestick Kids. Leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast, and follow us on IG at Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TZK Welcome back to the program. Sky and Lucas back with you for another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 233. We are breaking down this episode, our tight end draft strategy. We're also breaking down, in general, the finishes for the 2019. Then we're going to take a look back at the ADP leading into 2019's season and also uh this year's ADP going into the 2020 season and give a look at the tight end position. Before we get into that, let's check in with Lucas. Lucas, how you feeling, brother?
0: Man, the, the tight end draft strategy is really hitting home. We just came off probably a 30-minute conversation about me actually sweating my first ever <laughs> fantasy draft selection. Uh, I won't even get into the details, but definitely a lot to, I guess, think about uh, when listening. Um, I, I would say the tight end position is more of a concept more so than actually drafting players. And I think we'll break that down as we go through it. But I think it's definitely something to keep in mind for this episode.
1: Concept more than players. I like that. I'd like you to, to elaborate on that
0: a little bit before we get going. Yeah. So I think, I guess what I mean is, you don't see any other positions where there's two clear cut, I guess from my point of view, ones where no one really touches that consistency and that upside and has no other external factors Going into their production, I think obviously it's Kelsey and Kittle. There's no reason for them not to finish where they're at, and I think by the concept part of it, that means like they're easy picks at their ADP. But then when you come down to literally anyone else in this middle tier—Andrews, <laughs> Ertz, Waller, Henry, Hooper, Cook, Higby—there's there's so many reasons why not to draft them. And I guess as we're going through, we'll probably talk about guys individually. But that's just to me, it's like a no. Like you just—I just would rather not draft those guys. And then there's these late-round guys that there's a reason that these come up every single year because players break out. Mark Andrews, George Kittle, he was super, super late. I mean, Waller was late last year. Hooper was late last year. So by the whole concept strategy, I mean that, like, it doesn't really matter the talent of the player or I don't even know. the I would just say the talent. It just matters the um, position they're put in to produce, whereas other positions – i don't know running backs is like you have to have volume to be good in fantasy but basically receivers and you have to get targets uh, a good amount of targets to be good in fantasy and quarterback i mean you just gotta be the starter really to be decent in fantasy so i think tight end i think is a really good position that you can maneuver and draft, really put yourself uh plus ev plus expected value over your teammates whereas the others is kind of just a big wash in my opinion
1: nice i like that i like that call and it's uh it's a good perspective there to have uh, just kind of like the concept versus the actual players. So it's interesting you, you bring that up. Let's dive into this, man. If you have not been listening into our last couple of episodes, this is actually the final week of uh, July, but it is the final week of our positional breakdowns, right? So the first week of July, we did quarterbacks. Second week of July, we did running backs. Last week, we did wide receivers. This week, we're doing tight ends. And every single week, we've done four episodes ending with a mock draft. We'll do that again on Thursday. We have a special guest on Thursday, Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. You know, he's our boy. He's going to be on on Thursday. Lucas and I are going to do a a mock draft of our own tomorrow as well. But today, let's dive into this, man. So we have the tight end finishes from last year. Some of them are chalk. Some of them, as you mentioned, came out of nowhere. We're going to bring that up because it's going to happen again this year. Then let's look at the ADP, and then, of course, we'll look at 2020's ADP. If you haven't heard already, make sure you do that. Also, before we get going, I want to give a quick shout-out to the draft guide. Five bucks for the in-season package, five bucks for the pre-draft package, just six weeks left of that one, and then uh, 15 bucks for both of those, plus one-on-one coaching from myself, Lucas, Dwayne, our buddy, Dewey's Nuts on Twitter, and I got verbal confirmation that the commish crew is volunteering their expertise as well for the TCK Potters that buy the draft guide as well. So you can not only get our insight, but you can reach out to our brothers uh, with the commission team and get their uh, insights as well. So take us up on that. Again, just five bucks You can click the link right below here. And um, we'll get that to you right away with an email address. All right, buddy, let's jump into this. Last year's finishes, we've been doing this the last couple of weeks. We'll just do it again. I'll do 1 through 10. You do 11 through 20, please. We're just going to do 20 breakdowns. It is the tight end position. There's far less names to cover. So let's go 1 through 20 here. I'll do 1 through 10. You do 11 through 20. Last year's finishes, 2019 tight end finishes according to full PPR. Number one, Travis Kelsey. Two, Zach Ertz. Three, Mark Andrews. Four, George Kittle. Five, Darren Waller. Six, Austin Hooper. Seven, Jared Cook. Eight, Tyler Higby. Nine, Hunter Henry, ten, Dallas Goddard. Eleven through twenty, please.
0: Yep, eleven. Uh, in the booth, Jason Witten, twelve, Mike Esecki, thirteen, thirteen, also in the booth, Greg Olson. Fourteenth, Kyle Rudolph, fifteen, Jack Doyle. Sixteen, Darren. I only score one yard touchdown. Fells. Seventeen, Noah Fant. 18, Evan Ingram. Nineteen, Johnny Smith, and 20. Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert was 20. Wow. Another another Bro. That's
1: crazy. Bro, I'm I mean, telling you. I, I called it a couple weeks ago. I called it a couple weeks ago. I'm on the train. I'm on the the Eifert train. He's got a great schedule after the first does. couple of weeks. Ooh, I'm not drafting him because you don't have to. Pick him up in week three, right into the championship. This year's Mark Andrews. Write it down. Love that. All right, man. So Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle in the, first, in the top four. No surprise there. Those guys were drafted in the second or the third round. We'll get into ADP uh, later on. But, obviously, a couple of names stick out here, right? Mark Andrews, drafted in the 12th round, finished number three overall. Darren Waller, drafted in the 13th round, finished fifth overall. Tyler Higby finished eight overall, not drafted pretty much at all in ADP. Jason Witten, finished 11 overall, not drafted. Okay, Mike Kosicki, Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, drafted in the 13th, 15th round. Jack Doyle, Darren Fells, Noah Fant, Johnu Smith, Tyler Eifert, not drafted overall. So 13 of the 20 top tight ends, 13 of the 20 top tight ends were drafted in the 12th round or later. So this idea that kind of like quarterbacks, it's obviously a different position, but in fantasy, we're talking early tight end strategy, right? This year it's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, or punt tight end and draft in the late round streaming strategy, kind of similar to quarterbacks do you generally have a strategy with tight end? Obviously we all love Kelsey. We all love Kittle, but are you like targeting those guys in the second or third round and getting them no matter what, even if you have to reach, or are you letting them fall to you trying to get value? And if they don't, so be it. And you let it go. Um We'll dive into this a little bit more in the, when we talk about this year's ADP. So maybe let's not get too deep in the weeds. I'm just curious, as to your strategy right away, because already you can see two of the top five tight ends last year
0: were drafted in the 12th and the 13th round. Yeah, I think I, I'm i pretty bullish on taking one of Kelsey or Kittle. And, I mean, it kind of goes with the strategy of I kind of am favoring the zero RB or modified zero RB as of now, kind of completely switching how I was earlier. and I did, But I did say that that I think the, the trend of ADP might switch me, and I think it officially did. Um, but the reasoning is um, people will tend to look at points per game as a reason to fade tight ends and go late because they'll be like, I don't know, Travis Kelsey was 16.6 in points per game and Hunter Henry was 12.3 or Evan Ingram was 13 points. Evan Ingram is a bad example because he's pretty high. But what to say Hunter Henry, 12.3. So they're like, why would I take Kelsey in round two and I could take Henry in round, I don't know, eight to nine where he normally goes. And I think the simple answer to that is it's not necessarily the points per game but it's the range of outcomes and the point the week on week production. I didn't pull up like the exact numbers of how many weeks they finish from 10 to 15 points from uh, I don't know 0 to 9 or whatever. But basically what I'm saying is Kelsey will finish with 12 plus points every week. He doesn't have boom games because because you're not drafting him to have boom games. You're drafting him about what he does every single year. Hunter Henry Hunter Henry might finish at 12.3 because one week he'll have four, the next week he'll have 30 or whatever the case may be and that's not something that you want to have on your team right receivers and running backs are a little easier to manage in that sense but tight ends are not because you're not rostering two to three tight ends on your team you're picking if you're not taking a top guy most likely you're going to be streaming tight ends or you're going to be thinking too much about who to play so I'm pretty bullish on going Kelsey or Kittle and not drafting a tight end maybe if it's a good value in the later rounds or just completely punting it and taking like three at the end of the draft. Because to me, there's, to me, there's not a difference between Jack Doyle and, I don't know, Darren Waller, really, in terms of like what I'm drafting him out of value for this year. So I think if I had to give a definite answer, it'd be Kelsey or Kittle. But I think both um, are viable in terms of like an overall fantasy. League. Across 20 of my leagues, I think I'm pretty split on it.
1: Right on. I mentioned that you know Mark Andrews and Darren Waller were the, drafted in the 12th and the 13th round, finished third and fifth overall. Six of the top 12 tight ends were drafted 12th round or later. So of the tight end ones, Mike Kosicki in the 15th round, Jason Witten undrafted, Dallas Goddard in the 15th round, Tyler Higby undrafted, Darren Waller and Mark Andrews 13th and 12th round respectively. So again, you know, last year I remember coming into this and I was a big OJ Howard guy, which obviously. We we all laugh about that now, but last year coming into it, it was kind of like you had the big three: Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, and then you had the next three: you had OJ Howard, um, Evan Ingram, and Hunter Henry. However, you ranked those guys, and then it was like then you just definitely punt until the very end and grab some streamers. Well, this year, I don't know that I feel the same about that. It's like for me, it's like grab one of the top four to five tight ends within the sixth round or just wait till the very end of your draft because guys like Johnu Smith and Eric Ebron, even TJ Hawkins and Tyler Eifert, as we just mentioned, Jack Doyle, uh, Blake Jarwin, those kind of guys are going to have boom weeks as well. So I think there's a lot of value there. I think that's really interesting. Also when you're talking about tight end twos, which are not very sexy, but if you think tight end premium, which Chris and I go into a tight end premium mock draft on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. But if you think a tight end premium, you start looking at these, like, tight end 13 through 20, right? I mean, you have Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, Jack Doyle, Darren Fells, Noah Fant, Evan Ingram, but, of course, he was hurt again. Jonas Smith and Tyler Eifert finish in the top 20. There's, like, eight dudes right now that I can mention that are probably going to be tight end 12s. Obviously, they can't all fit in there. But I think the tight end position, which has been a, quote, unquote, wasteland in fantasy football for the last couple of years – I think it's getting more and more productive slowly, but surely because these tight ends that are coming out of college these days are not, you know, uh, the last generation's tight ends. I mean, these guys are basically hybrid wide receivers um, and they're very athletic. And if you get in a scheme that uses them more appropriately, I think we'll find a lot more advantages at the tight end position. So last year's finishes, I think are indicating to the top of the top, right? So you had Kelsey Kittle and Ertz finish, in the top four uh, but then of course you had um, Andrews and Waller that came out of nowhere and then you had Hooper and Cook and Henry who finished kind of in that they were picked in the sixth eighth round the middle guys everybody else though was way late undrafted or in the 12 13th round so I think that just tells you that if you're not going to get one of those top dogs at tight end you can wait and it can pay off it's just going to be tough to handle it weekly. You're going to have boom games. You're not going to have consistency. So, what Lucas was just talking about earlier, drafting Kelsey, drafting Zach Ertz, even Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, probably, and George Kittle, you're going to get that consistency every week. You may not have these huge blow-up games, but you're going to get 15 points a week versus four points one week and 25 another week, you know. So it'll help your team overall moving forward all right man so that was last year's tight end finishes let's go into the ADP that led into that okay so again let's read off the ADP you do I'll do one through uh one through 10 you can do 11 through 19 um I didn't pick the 20th because it was just so deep I mean Jordan Reed's on here in the 14th round he didn't even play so let's go into here I'll do one through 10 you can do 11 through 19 so this is last year's ADP coming into the 2019 season all right, Travis Kelsey, first overall at the tight end position. Then you had Kittle and Ertz, no surprise there. As I mentioned, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, and Hunter Henry, 4, 5, and 6. Then Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Delaney Walker, and Eric Ebron, 7, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. Please give me 13 through
0: 19. Yep, yeah, got T.J. Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Greg Olson, Trey Boo Boo, Kyle Rudolph, Darren Waller. And Jordan Reed. And I was victim to the Vance dance last year, uh, I was sad to say. So I will not be falling into that trap with a couple of guys that we will mention that are definitely in that same category this year.
1: Yep, I was an O.J. Howard guy and even Trey Burton for sure. Um, definitely was excited about that. I definitely faded Eric Ebron because we all knew he wasn't going to have 14 touchdowns again. Um, but there was a lot of other names. Delaney Walker got hurt. David Njoku barely played. Austin Hooper ended up fine. Uh, Jared Cook had two good games. Vance McDonald barely played. TJ Hawkinson had a great opening day. He didn't do anything after that. Greg Olson got hurt. Trey Burton didn't do anything. Kyle Rudolph didn't do anything. And then Jordan Reed barely played as well. So again, a lot of volatility here at the tight end position. Only eight of the top 19 tight ends drafted in 2019 finished as a tight end one top 12. So only eight of the top 19 drafted last year. Finished as a tight end one that was of course Kelsey Kittle and Ertz Henry, Cook, Austin Hooper, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller the rest of the 19 guys did not finish as a tight end one so this this, uh, graph basically tells me that the current ADP I mean I'm looking at one two three four six of the top 12 uh, tight ends drafted um, were tight end ones right so other than Darren Waller and Mark Andrews and even Austin Hooper, maybe in the back of the eighth round. Some of these guys were up in the upper echelon. OJ Howard and Evan Ingram fell off, of course, but you know, uh, five of the top seven did finish as tight end ones. So it doesn't take much to be a tight end one. I mean, you know, 60, 70 receptions, 600, 700 yards, six, seven touchdowns. will get you as a tight end one, but again, it's a lot of volatility here. Um, what is the uh, what is the
0: graph here from last year's ADP tell you I think uh, everything you said and I think just something that's kind of related to it kind of not I think that the concept of tight end one is a very bad way and everyone does it to to label a good play of the week right so you could look at um, I know Rotoviz has a good tool you can use where you can search a player's name and you can see where they finished compared to the, every week compared to the average tight end one, two, or if it's a wide receiver, one, two, flex, whatever the case may be. And I know if I pulled up every single from eight to 20, the percentage of them finishing lower than the average tight end one on the week would have been guaranteed. They would have been less than, I don't know, say 50, half their weeks, they're probably six points, right? Like that's kind of bringing in the, the concept of what I said. So really, I think, You can go back years and years. Eight out of 19, you said finished in a top 12. Maybe it's seven, six. It's never good enough to actually want to take one there. But like I said, you can go back and look. Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz. uh, I'm just trying to. Jimmy Graham, Kelsey, Gronk. Like those guys always finish at the top. And I think it's something where uh, we'll move into 2020 probably after this. There are people like want to buy into it, but they always come – like when it comes down to it, they they don't ever take it there because they throw out some reason as to why this player is close to that tier when they're clearly not based on different factors. So I think – yeah, I I don't think – I think last year I really opened up to the strategy of going tight end early, and um, I didn't have any problems with it in terms of – like I didn't see a loss on other positions of my team – because in reality, like you, you have to start a tight end. It's the same thing. You have to start a running back. You have to start a receiver. So it's not like it's a bad pick at where you're picking it. You have to start a kicker, a defense. Like so it's so. I think, yeah, in reality, I think that people should open up to it. Um, Cause there's clearly lots of data to show early tight end. Yep. I totally agree, man. And, you know, I was kind of trying to
1: play cute last year and be like, I don't want the value or I don't want to reach for Kelsey Kittle urge last year. And, play the value of the next big three, but every one of those guys had concerns, right? OJ Howard blew up in my face because I just convinced myself that Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry were going to get injured, which they did. And OJ Howard was going to stay healthy, had a next year of of, uh, uh, Jameis Winston at the time, of course, and uh, Arians was going to understand all of a sudden that this guy is uber fucking talented and he just didn't do anything. He just didn't do anything. Now, this year, who knows? Because Gronkowski's in there with Tom Brady in in Tampa Bay. But that's what I convinced myself of last year. And I was steadfast on it, man. I was like, it's going to happen. I'm drafting O.J. Howard everywhere I can in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Dude, it ate me alive. It was really bad. And honestly, I wish. There was a couple teams where I ended up with Zach Ertz just because he fell to me. And that was just leaps and bounds more Hmm. valuable, of course. So, I agree with you. Well, let's jump into it, man. Let's go into the 2020 ADP got it down here again, one through 19. I'll, I'll do one through 10. You do 11 through 19 and then we'll, we'll crush out this uh, current ADP. So again, this is 2020 current ADP as of this podcast. And let's uh, break this down here. So one overall, no surprise, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle at two Andrews, Ertz, Waller round up the top five, Rob Gronkowski, number six, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, Higby, Henry, Cook, and Noah Fant creeping
0: up into the top 12. Give me 13 through 19, please. Yep, Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Yusecki, Johnny Smith, Dallas Goddard, Blake Jarwin, Jack Doyle.
1: Man, your boy is down there in the 15th round almost, Jack Doyle just wide open. Jeez, Tyler Eifers oh, yeah. not even getting drafted. I'm all about that. All right, man, so let's start from the top down here. Um, and we could just – I mean, it's only 19 names for the tight end. It's a lot different than what we had for uh, running backs and receivers. So let's just – Go down the list here and give you know give a couple sentences on each guy here. If you're feeling it, you're not feeling it. If you're punting for sure, or you have to have this guy, let me know how you feel kind of about every guy. Now we'll just start at the top. Redraft Kelsey or Kittle Dynasty. Kelsey or Kittle.
0: I think my answer is Kelsey for both. Um, mm, okay. There's different theories, but I know we talked about it when. Debo it Samuel to is
1: not 100. percent I'm just going to throw that out there.
0: Yeah. I. <laughs> When it comes to Dynasty, like, yes, you have to take into account age, but where do you set a bear? Like, I, I hate when people have different theories. They have a theory, and then they change it for another position because it suits their theory better, if that makes sense. So they try to change around their mindset so it doesn't make them look like they're contradicting their theory. So basically what I'm saying is when you play Dynasty, set, uh, set a future year in terms of how you evaluate players because I could set 20 years down the road if I wanted to, and, like, I wouldn't want Kelsey on my team, right? I'd want, I don't know, Noah Phan, Or 20 years is average. Right? Seven years, we'll say that. I don't want Kelsey on my team if I'm playing for seven years in the future. That's a little unrealistic. People will set two to three years. But, like, my thinking is when I play Dynasty, I set, like, one and a half years, right? I don't like, like, saying, oh, I'm not going to win this year so I can somehow rebuild my team from last to first in one year. Like, that's not yeah. reasonable. So you kind of have to find that middle ground. So why I say Kelsey is because I think no matter how good Kittle's role is, which I don't think it can get much better than what it is right now, considering that he did it last year with no one on the team, right? And, like, I'm not saying that's the reason, like, he, he's a beast. Like, he's going to do it again this year. He's going to do it again next year. I just think that he'll never have Kelsey's ceiling just due to the scenario he's in, which personally, I mean, I'd rather be in a team with a defense and a more balanced offense, like a more balanced attack anyway. I think it's a better football team in general. but. Kelsey's never going to not be the number one. He's never going to not be the possession guy. He's never going to not be the move the sticks guy. He's never going to not be probably the best quarterback in the league's number one target, right? So I think it's Kelsey for both because he's going to play for three or four more years. So like if you're setting your landmark for five years, sure, take Kittle. But I just think that, I don't know. I think Kelsey, like it's bad to label Kelsey as a sleeper, but I think he just gets disrespected in fantasy and like, you'd be like, oh, he's a tight end one. How is he disrespected? Like, he – he, I don't know. He's If you're weighting your points scored to position, like, tight end has to have a bigger weight, I would think. He's a first-round pick. Tight end premium, he's a first-round pick just because he has a tight end name on him. Like, he still basically has a premium outside of that. So, I think that, yeah, my answer is still Kelsey. But both these guys are in great uh, tight end or touchdown uh, progression this year. They're projected to score more than they were last year. Uh, Kittle not luckily Debo got hurt but Kittle is now again the alpha by far in a way I'm not projecting Brandon Ayuk to take over Debo's playoff role last year like you can't project that so I think both Kelsey and Kittle are in uh, smash spots this year and I kind of cut off my tier of who I'm drafting after that for sure.
1: Did I hear you say that uh, you think that Patrick Mahomes is better than Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: No, Russell Wilson's the greatest quarterback in the NFL. I stand on that one. But no, better, I mean –
1: Better than Nick Mullins?
0: I don't know about that one. That's tough. That's tough to yeah. be. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy G, Mahomes is not undefeated when getting traded in middle of the season on his new team, though. And Jimmy G is, so.
1: That's true. Mahomes is undefeated against Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately, though That's we're not good. going to talk about that. All right, let's get into the next couple names here. Uh, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller. Um, I – out of this group, I'd like to have Mark Andrews. However, I think it is important. Uh, you know, reports came out just recently about him, you know, being type 1 diabetic, which let's not freak out too much because he's been diabetic his whole life. He was diabetic fucking last year. It's the same thing. But this whole narrative that I pitched to you, Lucas, just a couple of weeks ago, that he's going to see more target share, he's going to see more snap percentage now that Hayden Hurst is gone, all these other things. Maybe that's not the case. And that's not the case, not because Mark Andrews isn't good enough to require all of that shit. The reality is, dude, he's type 1 diabetic. Like, he has to get his blood sugar taken. He has to eat snacks constantly. Like, this is something that Jay – I mean, other players are diabetic, of course, in the league. This is just a human trait uh, that happens to some people. Um, but Jay uh, Cutler – is diabetic as well and a lot of people would always give him shit including me for being fucking grumpy all the time and having a shitty attitude well the reality is dude the guy's blood sugar is off probably constantly which makes you feel like shit i'm not diabetic but i'm hypoglycemic which is kind of similar it's a blood sugar uh disorder but it's not diabetes okay so i have i have more insulin than my body needs so my blood sugar gets fucked up diabetics don't have enough insulin that's why they have the pumps okay When my blood sugar crashes, which it does if I don't snack enough, I'm a fucking – I'm garbage, right? Like I have lack of energy. I can't focus. Clearly, being an NFL professional athlete, you have to be 100% at all times. You're going to get fucking killed out there. And so Mark Andrews just frankly probably isn't going to raise over his 60% snap percentage because maybe he just can't. So the upside for Mark Andrews I don't think can be any higher than last year. But the consistency should certainly be there. And we know Lamar Jackson is going to want him there. Zach Ertz, you know, as good as they get, um, you know, Carson Wentz or not, he's going to be a focal point of that offense until he's done. Love Dallas Goddard, of course. But Zach Ertz, I think you're almost getting a value on him now in the fifth round. Uh, and Darren Waller, we'll see if he can reciprocate last year, man. It's going to be tough with all of these new weapons. They got three wide receivers coming in. Uh, they have Lynn Bowden Jr. They have a big um, – uh, run game here with josh jacobs and I don't believe in Derek Carr. The good thing is Marcus Mariota loves the tight end as well. So when he does take over, I think Darren Waller's gonna be just fine. Um it's gonna be interesting. Out of this group here, Lucas, who is your favorite target? Um and then we'll skip on to uh six through ten.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's or it's clearly the, the main was the tight end two last year and now he's drafted two rounds later than what he was last year. And I think this is where I have a problem with people evaluating tight ends. Um so, okay, so, so Mark Andrews right now is the tight end three, right? The tight end three or nine Zacherts. Uh, now Mark Andrews is going to the 406. Obviously, um, subject to change in terms of ADP is always moving. Um, but basically what I'm trying to say is that everyone's projecting Mark Andrews to, be, to score more points, right? They're thinking that he's almost in this tier one draft, draft, draft. We've already broken down that Lamar Jackson's TD rate will go down. Like, that's, that's a given. And now we're uh, – I guess what I'm trying to say is everyone knows the TD rate's going to go down in terms of why they're saying Mahomes over Lamar. They're not translating that to the tight end. Marquise Brown should be healthy. Devin Duvernay's coming. James Crochet. Year two Miles Boykin. Hayden Hurst was not an issue as to why he didn't get targets. The man only played on receiving or passing plays. Hayden Hurst was not – not, he might see 20 more snaps. But, like, if not, like, that's a big issue. And what it really boils down to me, and I know this is digging through probably, like, over baseline of why he – like, over – I'm probably over analyzing this, but last year, so Zach Ertz was the tight end three, or I guess – we'll just say Ertz and Andrews are the three, four, three and a half. The three and a half tight end, if you take the average from the three and the four last year, scored 218 points. As of right now, in terms of ADP on Fantasy Pros, Ertz and Andrews are going at pick 41 and 43. So let's just say 42 average. The 42nd pick in PPR is projected to score 214 points on FantasyData.com right now. So if we're projecting this huge role increase, if we're projecting this new tier of it's Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, why is he being, Why are they being drafted later than what they're historically drafted to? And I know that's a lot of information, but to me nothing adds up for why the hype is there or why his ADP should be rising. To me it just clearly sh- – I like Ertz, but I think Ertz's ADP fluctuates from round three all the way down to round six. This kind of depends on what people feel about it. And I'll clearly take him if I don't get Kelsey or Kittle. But I, there's just so many issues with the whole tier you mentioned. But just the, the middle tight end group – I think more so this year than in the past, because in the past it's like rounds five through nine, but now it's like rounds three, four, five, and it's not good situations like we see every single year. So I, I, I don't know. I just have – I have trouble committing myself to even picking one of these guys because I think people are just kind of – making it, making a judgment on their pick and not really putting into context what they're actually picking in terms of range of outcomes based on historical data, which in reality projections, that's what projections are. They have a little to do with the actual player themselves, a lot to do with team usage, past performance, and the opportunity presented for the next year.
1: Got it. Let's go six through 10 here. Rob Gronkowski, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby. Hunter Henry, there's a lot of question marks in this grip. Obviously, we know how you feel about Rob Gronkowski. We can save that one. Evan Ingram, of course, the I mean, talent through the roof. A lot of mouths to feed in New York, though, and injury history, obviously. Hayden Hurst coming over from Baltimore to Atlanta. Is he the new Austin Hooper who finished tight end six back-to-back seasons? Maybe, but we haven't quite seen him in a full role yet. Tyler Higbee, number one tight end by far over the last five games. uh last season but your boy Gerald Everett should be back and healthy what are the Rams actually going to do and then of course Hunter Henry who again like Evan Ingram talent through the roof but he's got a new quarterback injury concerns as well I'm staying away from this entire tier personally but pick uh give me one player in this tier that you're excited about and one player that you're passing on for sure
0: I mean I was excited about Hurst until his ADP shot up seven rounds since he got traded And I think one thing, just a general tip, and I know we'll go over tips and all that stuff coming up to draft season is vacated production does not equal fantasy points. It equals Mm. the opportunity to score fantasy points. And I think Mm. really this year, I think people are realizing, oh, my gosh, vacated production equals fantasy points. Like, I don't think they're putting two and two together. I think a big – we'll talk about Blake Jarwin here later, but I think I'll just go ahead and say it now. I think a big thing is everyone's like, there's enough targets to go around in Dallas, so C.D. Lamb, Blake Jarwin, Amari Cooper, Mario Gallup are all going to be fantasy relevant. And you go and look back on it and, like, were you starting Jason Witten every week at eight points per game? Like, was that exciting for you at the tight end position? Were you excited to start the 8.2 for Randall Cobb at, like, wide receiver 40 in points per game? And I know that's just one example. But, yes, Hayden Hurts had a lot of target targets available. But in reality, like, is he going to be the the tight, the tight end two in points per game? Like, no. I know the ADP's not caught up to it. But seven-round jumps since the the – what April whenever he was traded or March like I would just rather not pick him because you know it's a risk and now you're going to draft him you'll feel bad if you drafted a risk with it knowing it was a risk if that makes sense so I just would fade him and I mean really everyone in this tier is a fade for me but Higby I I don't know I we me and Dwayne broke it down Monday we pre-recorded I think my guy was Higby the splits are terrible with Everett he basically was on the bench with Everett. He got his opportunity without Cooks, without Everett, with Cup basically sidelined for who knows what reason, and they stopped running the ball during that split. Everyone's like, don't fade Ty- Tyler Higby because he's that good. Then why is he going in the seventh round if he was the tight end one at the end of that stretch? He'd be going as the tight end three, four, five. Another example of miscommunication between uh, player evaluations when in reality, like, we're all watching the same game or we're all looking at the same numbers. It should be pretty close in terms of evaluation. So he's one guy, like, I just don't know why you would pick him because the chances of you hitting – the chances of you hitting – you're hitting the tight end one if he has the same role last year. If not, he's getting benched for Gerald Everett, who's only gotten good reports saying they're going to use him more because he's the better tight end as it is. He's more useful on the team than It's
1: McVay's guy too.
0: Yeah, so – this whole tier, don't, don't force yourself to pick because, uh, I mean, Hunter Henry's picked round nine. That one I'm not terribly opposed to, but I, if, I'm waiting, if I'm in that round nine, I'm just going to wait till round 12 to get a tight end anyway, so I would just fade him. Got it.
1: All right, let's keep moving down here, man. 11 through 15, Jared Cook, Noah Fant, Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, and Mike Kosicki. Tell me someone you're excited about and, and somebody you're fading.
0: I don't know. It's another group where it's just eh. I think Cook is a good pick relatively to this tier. I think the the signing of a Dayton tight end or the drafting of a Dayton tight end is being overshadowed a little bit. Cook was good really last year when um, he seven. came Yeah, he was he was good. And I think um the way I break this down is Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas. He doesn't have a role on the team, he is the role on the team. Sanders is a deep threat exclusively. They got that he was used as more of the the flanker guy. Four years ago not anymore like the last two years in the Broncos, that's all he does is run straight He saw him in the super bowl run straight runs i don't know he just runs out of the way what person is taking away jared cook's targets over the middle i don't think adam Troutman's hopping in here from Dayton. remember that with no offseason taking his snaps um i can't even think of who the traquan smith uh, we wouldn't have to mention we wouldn't have to mention his name with a question mark if he was really that good so don't even act like he's going to change i mean Yeah, they might go more run-based, but I think he's an okay tight end one. He's a guy that you can put in and sort of accept the range of outcomes in terms of six points to 20 points because it's a little more consistent than other guys. And fading, I don't know. I like Mike Gusecki, but now uh, Dwayne broke this down really good in Monday's episode. It just reminds me of O.J. Howard yet again. There's not really vacated production, but there's production we know that's going to be present just due to uh, – A full year in what we saw the last couple weeks last year in terms of, like, the way the Dolphins were ran. Coaching history is bad. We saw this with O.J. Howard last year. The splits with um, Jakeem Grant, yeah, exactly, (laughs) like, actually makes sense. And I kind of broke this down with the Dolphins, I think, last week I said, or maybe last week, that it's actually weird how much Jakeem Grant hurts the fantasy value of this team. He's back. Alan Hearns is there. Um, They have one more – Deep threat guy. Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson. And granted, the Dolphins just aren't going to be that good in general. So I think he's one guy that I think I feel okay taking a risk or two on here or there, but I don't think he's this bona fide lock and loaded late round tight end that I thought he was before actually digging into the coaches.
1: But you're start getting in you're starting to get into value. And the biggest difference between Mike Isicki and last year's O. J. Howard is O. J. Howard was going in the fifth round. Yeah. Mike Mike Kosicki's going in the thirteenth. So yeah. if you want to take a couple of shares just to see what happens, go for it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. All right, let's move into the last tier here, and that is uh, Jonas Smith, Dallas Goddard, Blake Jarwin, and your boy Jack Doyle. And I'm going to throw in Tyler Eifert as well, just because I think uh, the fantasy community is forgetting about him. Now in Jacksonville, of course, finally played 16 games last year, very quietly, finished as the tight end. 20 on the season, not sexy, but he got it in. Um, so, again, Jonas Smith, Dallas Goddard, Blake Jarwin, Jack Doyle, and Tyler Eifert. How do you feel about this group? I don't – there's no reason to fade any of these guys because these are just straight up flyer picks. But give me two names that you're most excited about in this group.
0: So before we, if we, before we even started the episode, if I were to ask you that if you faded tight end and you got the opportunity to take two number two receiving options for their team, for good football teams in the 13th round, 14th round, I know you would say yes, right? That's Johnny Smith and Jack
1: Doyle. 100%.
0: And there's no question about it. Like they are the number two. Jack Doyle might be the number one receiving option on this team because t- T.Y. Until Michael Pittman takes over. Side. Yeah, but T.Y. gonna get hurt. I'm sorry. I mean, like it, w- yeah. he's not fixing his injuries over the last three years of having injury-prone seasons. Paris Campbell, yes, he could play, but he's not a receiver taking away touches. He's a he's a D.B.O. Samuel-like player. And Pittman, pastor? yes, yeah, Pittman will take time to evolve into the role that I think he will. So basically what I'm saying is, at worst, you're getting the two-and-a-half target of the Indianapolis Colts, which I get you're like, oh, they're going to run the ball. But then you factor in the quarterback and the coaching history with tight ends. It's um, nothing less but good. Tight end seven average for Frank Reich – or, sorry, tight end seven average for Philip Rivers in terms of PPR over his career. And the tight end room for Frank Reich, a little bit inflated because they had Zach Ertz, but 150 targets – average so i'd give him like 130 targets to this tight end room and he's competing with trey burton come on like i mean more just an insurance play so i think he is a smash all day i think people are starting to realize it but i don't think the adp is catching up from what i've noticed um and then johnny smith i don't know why he is not in the tier that really tyler higby is it doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me totally you look agree. at his splits you look at the splits with just tight ends in general on the tennessee titans like delaney walker is one, used to be one of my favorite draft picks me too. Because he's a fullback that can catch the ball, John Smith. And John man,
1: Smith is a fucking animal. Dude. Yeah,
0: he's just a big. He's just he's he is the athletic freak that we're talking about. I know um, the the second tight end or the second receiving option for the Titans is nothing great, but in the thirteenth round, if you're getting eight points a week with touchdown upside, like come on, like that's just a smash to me. I've been getting Kelsey and Smith and Kelsey and Doyle in a lot of leagues, and I think that's something where. I seriously don't see myself having to pick up another tight end because Doyle's not losing his job and Johnny Smith's not losing his job because the backup is Anthony Ferkser. Mm-hmm. He's not losing his job. So I think those two guys are, are smashed for sure. Um, in this tier.
1: I like that a lot. Uh, Dallas Goddard, of course, uh, not a lot of standalone value, although he did finish tight end t- 10 last year as a quote unquote backup. But again, I say it every tight end episode. If you get Zach Ertz, Reach for Dallas Goddard just in case because he is that rare tight end handcuff. Blake Jarwin, again, you're right. He's probably fifth in line for targets, but he could be fine. Jason Witten last year was tight end 11 with all those targets. I think Blake Jarwin's a better tight end. I know they could have done it last year, yada, yada, but they got rid of him and they moved him up. I think he could surprise this year with a tight end one performance. And also, again, Tyler Eifert, who in 2013 scored 13 touchdowns. Let's not forget about him. That was a long time ago. But one thing I always like to bring up with Tyler Eifert is his injury history is well documented and it's been consistent. However, they've all been fluke things like broken bones. (laughs) So these are not lingering soft tissue lower body injuries that are going to continue to happen with him necessarily. He had a hurt back. He had a broken leg, a broken foot, a broken hand. He fixed all that shit. Hopefully that just doesn't continue to happen for him. But in Jacksonville, again, you're talking about the second receiving option, like DJ Chark. Okay. Chris Thompson, maybe for six games, Lucas, who is challenging right now? Tyler Eifert for looks in Jacksonville, Didi Westbrook. Nah. Leviska Chenault as a rookie. Nah. Leonard Fournette with a hundred targets again. Absolutely not. So, I think Tyler Eifert going for free again is just a name to consider. I understand it's a throwback and it might he may not even fucking do anything. But honestly, he's the type of name and the type of player who could be a Darren Waller or a Mark Andrews this year, where you forget about him, nobody drafts him, he ends up catching, you know, two touchdowns in two of the first three games, and all of a sudden, you know, he's skyrocketing up those picks. So don't forget about him as well. All right, man. That pretty much wraps up the tight end. Draft strategy and the overall ADP and the finishes breakdown here for um, this week and and really to get into tight end week. Tomorrow, again, you and I are going to break down a mock draft. And then on Thursday, we are bringing in our good friend Chris Benavides from the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast to break down a mock draft as well with him tight end premium style. So we're going to look forward to that. If you have not yet got a draft guide, please go ahead and get yourself one of those copies. We only have a month left of the pre-draft draft guide. Of course, that's going to end week one of the season. So get yourself one of those. There's only five bucks. If you want to test out what we got going on for the summer, go ahead and grab one of those. Five bucks for the in-season package as well, week one through 16, and then 15 for both of those right now. And then one-on-one coaching from Lucas, myself, our buddy Dwayne, and also the commish crew who has uh, – also um, volunteered to give their expertise as well. Lucas, before we get out of here, man, any final comments on the tight end position uh, that we may not have
0: covered before we get into a couple mock drafts the rest of the week? If we remember, we'll have to give my my feedback on my super hard decision. Um, Basically, Travis Kelsey or Dalvin Cook, all you need to know, and you guys know how I feel about Dalvin Cook. So that's where I'm at with this draft. So we'll maybe an update next week.
1: I'm going to throw it on IG. We'll get a vote going on here. I'll explain your situation on IG. We'll get a vote and see if the TCK Potters can help you out. So make sure you go vote there, and we will let you know how Lucas's situation turned out. You can find us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod at fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Find our draft guide at TCK Of course, smash the red button. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. Tell a friend and a family member about it. Share the episode. We much appreciate it. Leave a comment down here about the tight end analysis. You can also find us anywhere podcasts are heard. Leave us a rate and review. We'd be much appreciated. Go get yourself a draft guide, and we will catch you next time on the Candles to Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. For Lucas Kayser, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.